you know, in those early election campaigns in Edmonton, people, you know, her opponents um, or people who were opposed to her running because she was a woman, they would call up a phoning list and say, um, you know, who's going to look after the children? That was one of their tactics in terms of dealing with her candidacy. Prime Minister Trudeau was there and uh, my grandma walks up with my mother and says, stand up. Can't you see my uh, daughter-in-law's here? What what the heck's the matter with you? Give her your seat. And my mom was kind of horrified being a, a prime minister of Canada, but that's how she was. She's pretty aggressive. That is, I think, what gave her that that force to to um, to create change, and uh, and she instilled that that sort of drive and that passion, whatever it may be, in us. Hello, my name is Olivia Beauty. Welcome to Searching for Izena on Womanly Stories of Female Leadership at Edmonton City Hall, brought to you by YWCA Edmonton, Parity Yeg, and several past and present Edmonton City Councillors. 100 years ago, on December 12, 1921, Edmonton elected its first female councillor, Izena Ross. Over the past century, only 30 women have followed in her footsteps, including me. This nine-part podcast, generously sponsored by the Edmund Community Foundation, will tell that wildly incomplete chapter of our city's history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You will get to meet the 31 female councillors and learn more about why they ran and how they shaped our city. And there are still barriers that need to be broken, even in 2021. Now let's get started. Our hosts for this political journey are Stacey Brotzel and Kim Ann Wilson. Hello, welcome to Searching for Izena on Womanly Stories of Female Leadership in Edmonton City Council. I am Kiman Wilson, and you're joined with Stacy Brotzel, both of us moms. And today we are honoring all the moms out there who ran for office and served in office. Yes, yes. Over the last hundred plus, well, hundred years, because yes, Izena, of course, is, was the first woman one hundred right. years ago this year. So whether you're listening on Mother's Day or not, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, and we're talking about mothers being a mother and whether it should be a barrier to running for politics. It is not a nine to five job, admittedly. I I I I'm married to a recovering politician. I was there. <laughs> we we raised our kid uh, up until she was eight years old and he was uh, a politician who went to charity events, who went to night events, who had to stay in the house really late. He uh, he did miss some firsts. Mm-hmm. He missed her riding a bike for the mm-hmm. very first time. Mm-hmm. But does that outweigh the opportunity to give back and to do something and, and to make a difference in your community? Well, regardless of what you're doing, right? Like, as long as you're a parent, you are going to have some firsts that you miss. Well, as long as you're a working parent, I should say, <laughs> right? You're, you're running a successful business. Yes, I own a marketing agency and I have a two-year-old at home, <laughs> right? So that's, it's it's interesting. And needless to say, I wouldn't say it's any different from a, you know, if I was running for a city council, it would pretty much be the same hard work every day. It's just more public, right? Exactly, exactly. So this being an issue for women in running or even putting their name in is not necessarily, I wouldn't say it's, 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 it's invalid, but it shouldn't be an issue. A little bit later, we're going to actually be talking to Una Evans's kids. Now, she was the first in Edmonton and maybe the first woman politician in Canada to give birth while in office. And we're going to talk to uh, her three kids. Uh, she's no longer with us about the impact that had mm-hmm. on them as a family and, and how super proud they are of their mom. And it's they so have beautiful. some really funny yeah. stories. So you will want to <laughs> stick uh, close to that. Uh, she was the first woman to give birth, Jan Reimer. She had two uh, kids while um, in council. 
And we're going to break a little news here. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Sarah Hamilton, current city councillor. She is due in August. She Woo-hoo! will be the first female Edmonton city councillor to have a baby while in office since the 1980s. Crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? <laughs> uh, over the last couple of years, uh, current city councillor, the other woman on city council right now, Bev Esslinger, she passed a policy to make it easier for women to... Uh, have a baby, or for men to take parental leave Mm -hmm. while uh, on council. So in 2017, it allows counselors, both male and female, to take parental leave uh, 10 weeks, and you could apply for more. So that's that's, that's just another one of those mental barriers that people may have in their minds saying, I can't do this. Right. You know, uh, know, I I, want to have children someday. I can't run for office. I'll have to put children off. Well, Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Not and even especially maybe not. Definitely not. <laughs> and especially in this Zoom culture that we're in right now. Right. I know. I don't know. Is it easier for you to run your business? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And be a mom when you can do stuff at home. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And look at this. If it wasn't for Bev, if Bev wasn't in office as a woman, she wouldn't be able to pass this policy. S- see the change that you're able to make and the change you're giving up in not being present. That's why we need female voices That's at why the you table need to be for sure. Present, yes. And because this is our Mother's Day edition, coming up a little later, we're going to hear from the families of some female counselors over the years, how they were influenced by their politician mothers and grandmothers, and a really funny story of a pretty big firecracker of a city councillor. She, uh, <laughs> this is the story <laughs> you'll hear coming up a little bit later. She apparently told Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau to stand up and give his seat to her daughter. Wow. So those Ballsy. are the kind of those are the kind of experiences that kids have, right? I like it. When you're when <laughs> when you're uh, you know hooked to one of the the big wigs at City Hall. Yeah, it's not common stories, that's for sure. All right, let's get into it. Una Evans served as city councillor from 1966 to 1974. She helped build the vision for the LRT. She helped stop a freeway that was planned to run through the River Valley and helped secure the 1978 Commonwealth Games. She was all this But she was also a mom of three and is one of the first female politicians in all of Canada to have a child while holding office. We have with us her kids, Margaret Evans, a familiar name to a lot of people. She is a national CBC reporter based out of London. Bill Evans is executive director of the Ampias, which is the Alberta Media Production Industries Association. And Sarah Evans is the youngest. She's an actress based in Toronto, and she's the one who actually made history when her mom gave birth to her while an Edmonton city councillor. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Hi. I just want to know, what was it like growing up with such a trailblazer of a mom? Maybe you, Margaret, you can start. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's like you said, you know, she, she was, she was mom. And um, so uh, that's kind of what you thought, you know, when I was preparing for this chat, I was just looking through some old stuff, you know, and I found a lot of envelopes with my baby hair in it, you know, wow. <laughs> I mean, she was also, she was also that. Um, um, so, you know, she, she was gone a lot. We'll say that on some levels, but, um, but she was dynamic and we always had a really interesting, fun household. Um, but she was still the one that you wanted to kind of, you know, kiss, kiss the, the, the you know, the cut finger or, or, or the stubbed toe and, and that sort of stuff. And did the, you know, it's the, the, what is it? The five little piggies, the three little, you know, like, oh. five toes, five little, little piggies. Little, yeah. Little piggy, yeah. Drying your toes in the bathtub. You know, that's, Aww. she was our mom. Yeah. Sarah? Um, in terms, uh, yeah, no, I was just sort of thinking uh, about sort of trailblazer. It's just, mom was very passionate about politics and she just, pursued her passion I, I she never I don't think ever thought of herself as that way in that capacity it was just so important for her to um, pursue what she loved and I have never ever and there were a lot of people a lot of politicians a lot of people in politics in our at our house uh, who had such passion and drive um, and that is I think what gave her that that force to to um, to create change and uh, and she instilled that that sort of drive and that passion, whatever it may be, in us. I mean, she didn't know anything really about acting, but she just said, "Go for it," and because that's what she did uh, in politics. 
civic, um, provincial, federal, you know? Um, I'll also add that our father, um, Art Evans, was a public figure who had a daily column in the Edmonton Journal. Um, and I didn't really think too much about, you know, that or mom being on city council until I was in elementary school and someone asked me if they were my parents. I said, yes, they are. He said, well, that's, that's not possible. Like your dad can't be Art Evans. Your mom can't be Una McLean Evans because <laughs> that's kind of like having Richard Burton and, and Liz Taylor as your parents. Does <laughs> <laughs> Kyle really said, know who Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor were? <laughs> they did. I mean, at the time it was, you know, they were celebrities. So I didn't, until that moment, I had no idea that, you know, anyone else knew who our parents were. It's just, uh, they were our parents. They were mom and dad. I think, I think that's also one thing is that, you know, not to take away from mom and all of this, but, you know, it was rare, I think, in those days that you would have um, a, a supportive husband who was willing to support your career full time. Um, and I do remember, you know, we we heard the stories growing up that, you know, in those early election campaigns in Edmonton, people, you know, her opponents um, or people who were opposed to her running because she was a woman, they would call up a phoning list and say, um, you know, who's going to look after the children? That was one of their tactics in terms of dealing with her candidacy. And and dad was, I think, a bit of an outlier there at, at that time and that he, you know, he's the one who got stuck taking care of us. No. <laughs> I did a great job. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It's interesting hearing from, you know, the children of their experience and what they saw. So I kind of wanted to jump right in here because, you know, this is one of the challenges or barriers that women, you know, put before themselves in, 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 in stopping them from actually going and running is, oh, you know, I'll, I'll have kids and, you know, I don't want to be away from my children, that kind of thing. So, you know, you sharing is really insightful to, you know, our listeners and whoever it is that that's listening, that's probably thinking of running, you know, the next time or even for this one. So I wanted to ask you, uh, maybe I'll start with you, Bill, but for you growing up, you know, seeing all of this going on in your family around your mom and stuff like that, how did you feel about this whole uh, campaign thing, the election, her being, like you said, you didn't really realize she was kind of like a celebrity or people knew who she was outside of, you know, you know, your family. So for you growing up, what was your thought being exposed to this field or this world when it comes to politics? You know, how, how, how did it shape your feelings towards politics, seeing your mom and, and how she was treated and stuff like that? Well, um, to be honest, I don't really have much recollection of it other than, as Margaret said, she was away quite a bit of the time. You know, there were a lot of long meetings into the evenings. And um, um, I remember more later in, um, I guess, when I was a bit older and she ran for federal politics um, in the 74 election. And, uh, and she put us all to work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's putting, true, uh, she did. Doing uh, leaflets and things like that, um, which was fun. Actually, it was you know it was it was it was great. There were a lot of volunteers, and there was a good campaign atmosphere, and it was it was just a lot of fun. That's what I remember. I mean, she did. She did. I do remember her talking later, like having conversations with her about what it was like in those years, and she said it was terrible that leaving the kids and I do think that that's that's hard for both parent any parent right but she she does say that she remembers us you know when she'd be going out to some kind of an evening meeting saying don't go mom don't go mom and you know I think that was hard but um it was as Sarah said she you know she was always very much she was doing what um she felt you know she was meant to do and and driven to do and that in itself you know I'm really grateful for that example so this is yeah, a, this is a um, Go ahead. No, oh, sorry. I was just, uh, I remember her telling me about having to, you know, be, she was on council. She'd run home at lunch, feed me, run back. So wow. there was a lot of running back and forth so that she could be there as much as possible while as well, you know, <laughs> being a member of council. 
So I'm just going to jump on to what Kiman said, is that this is a barrier to a lot of women who are thinking about running for council. I can't do this to my family. So you are the family of a successful, long-standing politician here in Edmonton. Are you guys all damaged? <laughs> <laughs> How have you been influenced by this? Were there any regrets? Or do you think, oh, I wish she wasn't a politician. She wasn't there for me enough. No, I think we're all proud of our mother's accomplishments. And um, as Sarah said, you know, she had a, a great passion for politics and for her community. And she felt a really deep need to serve her community and the city of Edmonton. And um, we were very, we were very proud of her. Um, yeah, I, for me, I, I don't see that at all. I never saw uh, an inequality between men and women growing up for myself just because my mom was just out there doing it. And it's like, yeah, of course. Oh, what do you mean? There's this going, you know, so she was very, that was the norm having for us, or at least for me, I'm very grateful for it in that I, you know, going forward to serve your community, as Bill was saying, was really important to her too. And she instilled that, I think, in all of us. And that sometimes it's really challenging and you think, oh, I don't want to get into this. But, you know, mom was, you don't shy away from difficult conversations and you try to affect change. So I think that that's something that was really important to her um, to encourage an engagement in the community in which you are living, participating. I, I, I have, um, you know, this is me doing my, you know, going through my old <laughs> notes mm. and stuff. But um, we have a family friend named Ruth Thorkelson. And um, when my mom died, she was unable to come to her funeral. And I, she wrote me a note and she wrote me about, and she was very close to my mom because they had a political connection. And so, you know, they were in the political world together. And I really, I was really struck by, by it in rereading it. And she said, you know, Una was a role model, not only in politics and life, but also in helping me come to terms with what kind of a mother I am. Mm. Um, in an era that was well before this kind of talk, she was authentic and true to herself. She wasn't always happy with the result, but she made choices and lived with them and didn't contort herself about what others expected, both in a man's world and in life as a mom and wife, I think. And I think there's like some real truth in there. She, you know, she she made choices. She was true to herself and she she accepted the consequences of the choices she she made. And she wasn't too uh, you know overly apologetic about it. You know, I mean, you know, there were, she, she didn't spend all of, you know, in fact, she rarely would say, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't there in your childhood because mm -hmm. she tried her best to be there and wasn't there in, in the way that she could be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you, Margaret. So want to ask you now, maybe I'll start with you, Sarah, but mm -hmm. has there been any time while, you know, um, Yuna was in council, um, any time at all, like during her time on, on, on council that you can think of a story or a situation or um, an occurrence that stuck with you throughout you know, your, your, your own life as well. <laughs> well, I, I think when we were talking before the, um, our broadcast podcast, uh, this, and Bill references too, she put us to work leaflets, etc. Well, I was in 1974, I would have been three and a half, almost four. Uh, I wore one of these placards that said, <laughs> I work for you, McLean Evans, but she works for me. Yeah. And I looked like Shirley Temple. So my mom knew. She's like, all right, let's put this, <laughs> let's get her out there. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was in some mall. Some, I mean, so that's one story. <laughs> Another story is because uh, she was in politics and I was babysat in very strange places. A lot of times at, at city council. Um, I, I probably <clears throat> was very irritating to the other members. <laughs> um, <clears throat> pardon me. So I, I have memories of that, but I also have memories of of uh, being babysat by Betty Hughes, who oh, wow. 
as well. So Betty was kind of like a second mom. And um, so for me, those are very early memories is, uh, is, is the city council building. And it was a lot of fun as a kid and Betty shoes and, and these placards, which I didn't understand. <laughs> Why was I wearing them? <laughs> Over to you, Margaret, share your story or stories. Yeah, I don't have, I don't really have strong memories of her on city council, but like Sarah, I definitely remember going down to the city hall and that was always a big deal. They had kind of a fancy, I mean, it wasn't the same building obviously that it is today, but they, it was mod, it felt modern at the time and they had kind of a, a kind of a groovy restaurant on the top floor. And I think they still had the fountains. Hey, Bill, in front of like you would you'd go wading in the wading pool and stuff like that. And I remember being excited by the car park as well. But <laughs> you remember the goldfish in the pond? Yes, actually. In the lobby. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was that, almost exciting. Yeah, but and and some of the council members, you know. Ivor Dent, he had very white hair. Ed Ledger, who looked a bit like a vampire. I mean, these are really out here, out of memories, you know, it's like mom's strange workmates. And, uh... But as kids of politicians, you were exposed to a lot of things that kids aren't exposed to, right? Like, there's there's chances, I don't know if you ever got a chance to meet royalty or some some big time, uh, you, you mentioned you were babysat by, by Betty Hughes. You learn more about the community. You you see uh, mm-hmm. the problems that 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 they may face, and maybe you guys were just too young to experience that. Mm-hmm. But but certainly that was an education unto itself. Being a politician's kid, Bill. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yes. In fact, you mentioned royalty, and um, when Prince Philip passed away recently, I was reminded of uh, a dinner I was able to attend with my mum. For the Commonwealth Games, in which, at which the uh, the Queen and Prince Philip attended, and uh, yeah, I was probably fourteen, I guess, at the time, fifteen perhaps. And uh, my mum, being a proud Scots person, um, insisted that I wear a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I was, you know, she also uh, enforced us all to, you know, my two sisters were forced to be Highland dancers. And I, yes. and I was uh, pressed into service in the Edmonton Boys Pipe Band. So uh, anyway, I was wearing a kilt and uh, the king and queen came in to the dinner. I think it was at the Weston Hotel in one of the big ballrooms. And we weren't, you know, anywhere near them. But when they came in, everyone stood up and... I remember Prince Philip uh, just stopping and kind of looking Check. over and nodding. Checking out your kilt. Because I was the only approval. one in the room wearing a kilt. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit of an interesting experience as a young person. I remember mum took me to a couple of occasions. I, I remember during the Commonwealth Games uh, seeing the Queen, but I also remember it was an occasion at the Jubilee Auditorium and Princess Diana and Prince Charles oh, wow. were there. And I don't know why or what was going on. But of course, you know, I was like, oh, Diana. <laughs> so I remember being very excited by that. I guess I, I was always left at home for these events <laughs> like that. <laughs> we didn't want to tell you, Margaret. <laughs> I think, Margaret, you would would have nothing to do with these things. <laughs> <laughs> So there were some perks to to being politicians' kid. I, I, those were those were great stories. Those those guys. are amazing stories. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome, and we get to relive this, so it's beautiful. But uh, so so with all of this and all the experiences that you had, you know, what? How would you say this has you know shaped your own lives? Like how how you know how did it make you move forward in life? What was your perspective based on what you've seen? Um, you know, with your mom and being on council. Margaret, we'll start with um, you. Okay. Um, I've, well, like Sarah was saying, there was always just whatever you want to do, you can do it. Um, and, and that kind of support really meant a lot. And I found in my sort of in the early stages of my career, it was interesting to me. I, you know, would think I was, you know, being the first in our family to head off to Algeria and things like that. But even before my mom was on city council, she was, you know, she was a real adventurer. 
and she traveled the world. She was, you know, the president of the Business and Professional Women's Association in Canada. And she went on tour tours of NATO countries and speaking tours. And, you know, in, in the 1950s, late 1950s, and which was really rare. She was in, um, you know, Zimbabwe. At that time, it was Rhodesia. And I, I found that, you know, I would think I'd be kind of thinking if I just found my mother in all these places that I was visiting that she'd gone before. And um, of course, you, you know, with with hindsight, you realize, you know, it just shapes your idea of your mother in a different way when you see her as an adult yourself. And so I'm, I'm appreciative of that. And I also think the one thing that probably we all took from her was was um, the sense, a sense of community and civic engagement and and almost and and the sense of, of public duty and and notions of of you know I don't mean to sound overly grand but the notion of you know the in, we were taught to enjoy the freedoms that we have in our country and the fact that they were you know they're based on respect and tolerance for others and I think that's something that we all if I look at my siblings you know I know that comes from you know our mother and from our father too. But I, I find it interesting sometimes because it's I have moved around a lot in in life and um, and when I think of home in Edmonton I'm I'm so connected to Edmonton through her engagement and through that sense of engagement in a place you know like I'm not connected to the city in the way that she was and 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 I think that was a something I I kind of feel like I regret almost in that you know, because I know how much it meant to her to shape her community and how much it meant to, you know, stop that freeway running through the McKinnon Ravine and all the rest of it. And um, so I'd say, you know, she just, she led by example. She just did what she felt she wanted to do and could do. And and she offered a lot up to the community. Sarah? Um, I think... uh, Absolutely everything that Margaret said. And and I think I've been really thinking, I've been really missing her. I always miss her, but especially during the pandemic, because for me, mom <clears throat> was, um, she was a very moral and ethical person. And those values, you know, about, uh, which, you know, were about the community as well. This just that it is so important, that sense of, ha- of, of having a moral center, you know, that was really important to her. And that is what she passed on to us in whatever industry community that we're a part of is that that is a responsibility, you know, that you have. Um, and and to to hold fast to those things, especially when everything is changing every second of the day, and there's so much fear. And what do we hold on to? She was very much um, an anchor and a compass. Bill. Um. Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, my two sisters have said. A lot. Um, One thing I think that people don't know about my mom or our mom was that she grew up on a farm and she was one of five daughters to our grandfather. And uh, they grew up in the Depression uh, in southern Alberta and in, uh, you know, pretty much the Dust Bowl in the 30s. And then, you know, she, as a young woman, uh, joined the Women's Army Corps the later days of the war. So she had those kind of values instilled in her that I think she passed on to us that were um, just, you know, she was true to herself, true to her family. Um, and as Margaret and Sarah have both said, she really felt, you know, the service to the community was an important thing. She was very proud of the fact that during the depression, her father was the only one in the whole region who continued to pay his taxes, um, things like that. So she had those really kind of hardcore values installed or instilled in all of us. I want to ask you about what we're trying to do here, the the Searching for Izena project. Uh, I want to ask you about what you think 
the legacy of a project like this would be. And I, I don't want to perhaps poke some holes. Maybe you'd like to poke some holes in the thought that women can't do both. They can't be a mom and they can't serve in the realm of politics. Um, what do you think the legacy would be? And what what would you say to women who who think that this is a barrier, who who, who say, I, I, can't, I can't do this to my family? I'm just too busy. I, I, you know, this is, this is, this is just not right for me right now. Well, I found, I found, I found it surprising. I didn't realize that there had only been 30. Is it that, is that the right number? 31, 31, 31, 31, um, female members uh, of the council in a hundred years. I found it shocking. So I, I, you know, and it, it makes you realize that maybe we, as this generation, are taking for granted, um, uh, or maybe not this generation, but the younger generation than me, but taking for granted um, some of the sacrifices that that the women have gone before and served in those, um, you know, those uh, pioneering roles um, for 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 us not to have done better on that front. And I, I just I can't. I would find it surprising that people think you couldn't do it all today. I, you know, she did do it all. We're, we're okay. We turned out okay. <laughs> because you never see men at knocking at your door right. and them being asked, how many kids do you have? Maybe, right. you, maybe you need to stay home with your kids, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. we don't ask that of male politicians. No. no. No, and I remember her talking when she first ran for federal politics in 56, so mom was born in 26. So, <laughs> and oh, a woman and like, you know, what are you doing? You should be getting married and all of that. Um, again, she just pushed forward. And like Margaret, I was, I was surprised by that there are more women following. And so my, I just think it's so important to, to just, I mean, even if I, I don't know, like it's it's a hard one to to manage, you know, a family and and work. But I think that women are doing it all the time, men and women. And I I just think Mum would say, just keep going, <laughs> keep pushing, get out there, enlist <laughs> or sign up. <laughs> Not enlist, but that was on my head, you know, that World War Two. But sign up for something, get involved in something, and. And then move forward with that. I think she also, I mean, you know, was aware of the need for women, more women to be involved in politics. I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't one necessarily for, I mean, she, she was saying, you know, the the way to change the world for women in, in in a, you know, in a feminist perspective, if you will, I'm not sure if she would have used the word feminist, but the way to change the world for women is to get involved and to have more scientists, to have more astronauts, to have, you know, to do all of those things. And so, and I think she was very aware that you need, you know, of course she was aware of the power of politics and the power of change and policy. I mean, she was really into legislation and, 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 and crafting things. And, you know, she, you know, Bill was talking about formative years. She also had an aunt who lived in, in Manitoba, who was a single parent of, of a disabled child. And, you know, and I know, I know how strongly she felt about her, her aunt Margaret, you know, my, I'm one of her namesakes, I guess, but um, you know, that how hard that was for her. And, and Bill also referencing, you know, her growing up on a farm. I remember, you know, talking to her at one point and she, they had to sell, sell the farm. And, and she talked about how it wasn't just about selling your possessions. It was letting go of a way of life. She was very empathetic and she understood all of the different places that people come from in life and, and knew that to change that, particularly for women, you know, you have to engage in the world. And, and she's always, you know, for all, for, you know, for Sarah and I in particular, obviously, because we're female, but, um, but she get, you know, that's something she, I think she, she gave to us all. Mm. That was great. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. 
and I, I and I didn't I didn't actually know that you had met royalty, but right? I, I am I'm married to a pol- I married to a former politician, a recovering politician, <laughs> recovering. And I know that I know that he was able to to do things like that, right? He was a provincial politician, yeah. but it, the experiences mm-hmm. that my kids have had right. have been remarkable, and that have I've that I've had, and I know that he's he's sat down with the queen, and wow. my stepdaughter chickened out. She was supposed to sit down and have dinner with the queen, and they went wow. over protocol and knives oh, and which ones to use, and then she got scared. And so at 21 years old, he teases her about it all the time. You could have sat and hung wow. out with the queen. See, those are things other kids don't get to experience, yeah. right? So honestly, that's yeah. But also, he remarkable. wasn't there when she, she rode a bike for the first time. So mm. I so I understand sort of the sacrifices that, that your mom made. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome. Well, it's a great project. Look forward to it. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for listening to Searching for Izena. This podcast was made possible thanks to generous financial support of the Edmonton Community Foundation. We also want to thank the Edmonton Public Library, the City of Edmonton Archives, the Adams Agency, and Ryan Jesperson for the generous use of his Real Talk recording studio. Check out searchingforizena.com for a full list of this project's sponsors, partners, and committee members. Searching for Izena has been largely powered by volunteers from across the capital region. From research to social media to marketing, volunteers of all ages, backgrounds, and political leanings are helping bring Searching for Izena to life during a pandemic and countless Zoom calls. Thanks to the former and current Edmonton City Councilors who have helped us tell their important stories. Now, back to searching for Izena. I loved that family. What a great interview, hey? They were awesome, honestly. Like, talk about sibling. It's just beautiful. And obviously, Yuna did a pretty good job with them. All very Clearly. successful, Clearly. all very strong, and um, I, I think she left a pretty good legacy just with her family, Couldn't let alone what she did in politics, right? right? Oh, my. Coming up in our next episode of Searching for Izena, uh, motherhood, one barrier mm-hmm. to running. Also, there's a darker side of, of being a woman who is a politician, Um there's threats, uh, there's threats of violence. Um, and we're also going to tackle in that episode, it's not going to be all doom and gloom. We're going to talk about maybe <laughs> what we can do as a community yep. to stop that because exactly. it needs to stop. Need, yeah, yeah. Right now, we want to leave you on a really warm and squishy note this Mother's Day edition of uh, Searching for Izena. Uh, We interviewed a number of kids and grandkids of women who have served on council in the 1950s all the way to today. They talk about how proud they were of their mom and grandma, how hardworking they were, how passionate they were about giving back and how they benefited from seeing uh, the world in a whole new light, being related to a politician and, and seeing that world good and bad. Yeah, listen in. My name is Tara McKenzie, and my mother is Pat McKenzie. She served in Edmonton City Hall from 1986 to 1995. My mom is one of the most hardworking, dedicated, and disciplined people I know. She's always had a passion for public service and giving back starting in high school and university. As children, we moved a lot due to my father's career, and no matter where we landed, my mom got involved in the local political scene. As a child, I have no memories of my mom ever sitting and relaxing or just watching TV. She was always volunteering, reading, researching, working on her next debate or motion, or helping out our local community events. My mom was and still is a community builder. But what makes my mom truly special is that no matter how busy she was, she always had time for our family and friends and makes everyone in her life feel welcome and at home. I don't remember much about specific events on city council, but when I come home to visit Edmonton, I love walking around the city with my mom and listening to her stories and seeing the impact she had on the city, whether it's walking through the ravine trails on the bike paths or the 
biking or the walking trails over all the bridges that she constructed or the various parks she worked on. I always think about how involved she was in recycling and garbage. In our house, it was always a big topic. And her impact on the transit, her impact in Edmonton was far-reaching. The time commitment and after-hours work with a career in politics can be very difficult on a family. But my mom's success was in getting us involved wherever possible. My memories of my mom's political political career are more about her community building and the fun experiences our family had participating in a political career. Many people don't realize when my mom first ran and won, we'd only lived in Edmonton for just under two years. She ran a truly grassroots campaign out of our basement and our family and friends were all involved. My brother and I were both in high school at the time, and on the last night of the campaign, we had all of our friends and family, many of our teachers and the volunteers, all working on the get out the vote drop. We turned it into a game, and we were running around our ward having so much fun playing practical jokes on teachers, parents, and neighbors that we knew as we dropped the flyers in everyone's mailboxes. It was such a bonding experience. My friends and I still talk about it 30 years later. As kids and young adults, we were always involved, especially me, in my mom's political career, from meeting Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers at a private party, which was such a big deal when I was in high school, to uh, to planting trees in the River Valley or attending special events with my mom for awards and ceremonies. I was always engaged in her career and in her community, and it just let me see the world in a very different way. My mom's role in city council influenced us all in so many ways, but especially me. It's given me a passion for politics and public service, although mine is much more behind the scenes in political parties and organizations such as Equal Voice. But I think the true influence on me was seeing the world differently. We were raised in a very traditional Catholic household and school setting where our world was great, but pretty small. And when my mom went into politics, we experienced a whole new world of cultures, religions, lifestyles, rich, poor, you name it. The world became a big place and fast. We learned that everyone had different ideas about how the world would work and that you need honest, dedicated people who will listen and learn and take the time to unite those ideas like my mom. People who go into politics for the right reasons to help us make the world a better place. It's hard to watch the news these days and not think that politics can be corrupt or everyone is in it for the power. I know for me, that's one of the reasons why I've stayed behind the scenes. But I was blessed with living with someone and meeting many of her colleagues who were in it for all the right reasons and made an incredible difference, not just on Edmonton, but Alberta too. Thanks, Mom, for everything you've given back. Hi there, my name is Adam Zepp and my mother is Karen Leibovici. She served on Edmonton City Council from 2001 till 2013. She, she's passionate, she's meticulous, and she's relentless. And, you know, her background is, you know, basically a child of immigrants um, who moved to Canada right before she was born. Um, I think there are probably certain expectations of what she as, you know, a woman in the 60s was to do. And she didn't really care about that. She kind of blazed her own trail and, you know, ultimately became a social worker, um, got involved in uh, equal opportunity, um, was an equal opportunity officer at the city of Edmonton, and then ultimately got into politics after that and kind of throughout her political career, MLA um, in the 90s and being on city council council through the, um, I guess, early, early 2000s to 2013, she really kind of blazed her own trail and, um, you know, worked really, really hard and, you know, w- was really passionate about everything she did. And I think she really enjoyed it. What I recall mostly is, you know, no matter what we were doing as a family, you know, whether we were we're driving up to um, to our cabin or, you know, watching TV and, you know, much of what we watch at the time. I remember watching The Apprentice, which sadly that show has uh, not aged well, but, um, you know, watching The Apprentice, um, she always had just binders, binders full of reading, you know, and now I'm assuming those were council reports, committee reports, you know, whatever it was that she had to prepare for, she would she would constantly be reading these binders and come up with questions and had notes scribbled over everything. And she was just, 
you know, she was so focused on her job and trying to do, you know, the best she could for her constituents. And, you know, it, and it was never like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I, I gotta read all this stuff. I'll do that later. It was just like, no, this is what I have to do. I'm going to do this while I do this. I'm going to enjoy it. And she never was annoyed by it. She, she really like what I remember most from her time on council is she really just, it seems she had a lot of fun. She really enjoyed what she did and she was always in a good mood and always, you know, talking to people was never a chore. Listening to people is never a chore. And, um, you know, I have nothing but good memories um, of her time on council. And I'm sure she'd say the same. She was just relentless and such a, such a hard worker. And, you know, if it taught me anything, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I'm never going to, be able to work as hard as she did she she really just was in her own league from that perspective but you know she made me understand that ultimately you know like giving back to your community and looking after people and you know listening to people's concerns is, is really important so you know my job as an engineer um you know obviously i deal a lot of that from a different perspective but if 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 it's taught me anything. It's to work as hard as I can to be a good listener, um, to be prepared, um, to understand ultimately um, the subject matter and conversations before you, um, you enter them. And, you know, it's uh, although I could probably say politics will never, never be for me. I think that there are skills um, from politics. And, you know, my, my mom was first elected in 1993. I was six at the time. So, you know, I basically grew up with politics my whole life and, you know, was able to meet lots of people um, from diverse set of backgrounds and, you know, it's experiences that um, I'll take with me for the rest of my life. Hi, my name is Nick Kaniski. My grandma, Julia Kaniski, served on the Edmonton Council from 1963 to 1969. She was a big lady. She always wore these colorful hats. She was afraid of no one. And she had a lot of confidence. Yeah, I have some good stories of my grandmother. She was being interviewed by a reporter one time. And the reporter said, Julia, for having such a, be serving in such a high office, you don't speak the English language very well. She said, I can tell you you're no good son of a gun in 11 different languages. How many do you speak? The reporter said, touche. Another time, my uh, mother was with uh, my grandmother, and I believe it was Klondike days, and I believe uh, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was there. And uh, my grandmother walks up with my mother and says, stand up. Can't you see my uh, daughter-in-law is here? What, what the heck's the matter with you? Give her your seat. And my mom was kind of horrified being uh, a Prime Minister of Canada, but that's how she was. She's pretty aggressive. I think one of the things our grandma uh, had influence on the family is uh, confidence, um, speak your mind, and uh, especially a social conscience, try to help, help people out. That's how I think she uh, influenced our family. My name is Corinne Beauty Hamanuk, and my mother is Olivia Beauty. She served at Edmonton City Council from 1974 to 1986. I would describe my mother as a giver and a doer. Her word is gold and her integrity is unshakable. Her positive energy and relentless drive is all bundled up into a five-foot frame that could sway the biggest most intimidating, powerful people if she felt they posed an obstacle when she wanted something done. Her generosity was forefront in all she did, always offering to help and would find time to follow through with all her commitments, whether it be personal or business. Professionally, people knew her as the one who could get things done and kept her promises. She put 150% into everything she did and it didn't matter who you were, whether you were the maintenance staff at City Hall, a homeless person she encountered, a dignitary or royalty, she treated each and everyone with kindness and respect. During my mom's time on council, it was well known that she was a very strong supporter of the business community, 
as well as any cause that she believed in, and my mom would be their strongest ally when it came to needing help. Everyone also knew that if she didn't support or believe in a motion or a cause, she would be the most fearless and outspoken opponent. You always knew where you stood with her, and you always hoped she was on your side and not opposing you at a council meeting. Early on in her colorful and polarized career, she was the favorite of the media. Radio broadcasters, journalists, and TV media, they all wanted to interview her as she was very articulate and would always offer an opinion. Yardley Jones, a cartoonist for the Edmonton Sun, kept her in high profile, depicting her in humorous cartoons, most favorably and sometimes objectionable, but she took it all in stride. She took her position seriously and never for granted. She earned the respect and sometimes ire of her fellow councilmen. Her accomplishments are too many to name. Suffice it to say, she had a very strong presence in the city of Edmonton during her years on council, making her city a better place to live. My mom's role as a councillor had enormous influence on myself and my family. There were so many memories of various events and experiences we were part of. Meeting the Queen and other dignitaries stand up. However, the most special memory that comes to mind is the time when Wayne Gretzky was traded to the LA Kings and my mom was the committee chair responsible for the farewell tribute. She was the person to reach out for sponsorship to commission the bronze statue of Wayne Gretzky outside the Coliseum. My husband and I were able to attend the VIP dinner and our daughter Ashley and our son Matt were part of the farewell ceremonies by presenting flowers for Janet Gretzky. My dad was able to drive Wayne and Janet around inside the Coliseum in a convertible sports car so that the public could wave and pay tribute to Wayne. The tribute was a highlight in her career and certainly left a lasting impression on all of us. My observations and lessons I've taken with me from the many years of watching my mother during her years of service on city council and all the boards and organizations that she has been involved with was the importance of putting others first, giving and volunteering her time and staying true to her word. Through her actions, I have learned to accept defeat with grace, face adversity with positivity and to appreciate life, which she valued above all else after facing cancer and coming through it with a renewed commitment to live every live her life every minute with passion and meaning. She has been an inspiration to all that she meets and continues to keep going strong with no intention of stopping her passion to help others and make her community a better place to live. My name is Bethany Krakowski and my mother is Bev Esslinger. She has served at Edmonton City Hall since 2013. If I was to describe my mother, I would say that she is the most supportive mother a person could have. She is a very driven person. She is loyal. She is thoughtful, kind, and adventurous. You know, she has always taught me that I could do anything that I put my mind to and that on the way to bring people up with me and not to push people down as I'm on my way. I don't think there is one specific moment that I would say was a highlight for me, but just there is a theme to her working on council that I think has really stuck out to me. And that would be um, people. And she is really in council for people. And, you know, the amount of times that I've heard her going to meetings just to meet with someone that wants to be in politics or meet with someone that wants to get their foot in the door and she would sit with them and encourage them and you know explain her road and how she got there and try and help them any way she could connect them to someone else that could help and I think that was a huge thing and not only that but I worked at the city for a while and people will come up to me and say oh I had to work with your mom on a project and I loved working with her because and they would say that she wanted to know about them, not just the project that they were working on. And she was so personable and was about the people in the situations, not just about an issue or a project, but she was about every person involved and every person that it would affect. And I think that's the most memorable. And I think the most amazing part about her and her work is that she truly cares about people.
my mom's time on council has definitely influenced my life in many ways. I think one of them is knowing that every single person has an opportunity to make a change in their circle, in their little world that they're living in, and it can impact the, the greater world that we live in. Um, you know, whether it be supporting that neighbor, supporting that friend, whether it be running for office, whether it be volunteering in your community league, whether it be, you know, just being a positive light and helping advocate for people that are not being advocated for, you know, in any way in which you yourself can help others. I think that has been the, the greatest thing that she's taught me. My name is Tom Field and my grandmother was Violet Scipio Field. She served at Edmonton City Hall from 1951 to 1953. I would describe her as a calm person, somewhat reserved but intelligent and not without opinions. She had a lot of accomplishments and contributed a great deal to her adopted country. Unfortunately, I don't have any direct stories as I only knew her later in life. However, uh, one of the photos I have is inspiring. A Violet is at a municipal conference of some kind in Calgary in 1952, surrounded by six men at a banquet table, uh, presumably all politicians, uh, one confirmed to be the Calgary Mayor Don McKay, and she's wearing a white cowboy hat. Uh, I know this was a tradition started about that time for visiting dignitaries. And in fact, Prince Philip and Princess Elizabeth were white-hatted about six or eight months just prior to that. Violet looks a little bit uncomfortable, but there she is. And she's obviously in the minority at that table, but holding her own. I would say I admired all of her accomplishments. Uh, in addition to being a city councillor, she was on uh, at least 10 boards that I'm aware of. Um, and these were major entities like uh, two different hospital boards in Edmonton, uh, the Women's Canadian Club, the Canadian Red Cross, the Navy League, which welcomed war brides to Canada, uh, the VON, Edmonton Citizenship Council, and a few others. Um, she never talked about it in the time uh, I knew her, and to my knowledge, never spoke about her accomplishments to anyone in the family prior to that. Uh, so I guess I've always uh, admired people that have that kind of humility and, uh, and a quiet confidence. Also, uh, she had a lot of other interests, uh, music, painting, she wrote some poetry, and so she was a well-rounded person and engaged in life, I would say. Hello. My name is Melanie McCallum, and my mother was Kathleen McCallum. She served as a counselor at Edmonton City Hall from 1964 to 1966, and then again from 1968 to 1971. Kathleen was born in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan in 1905, and was the second oldest of 11 children. With her husband, Hall McCallum, she moved from Regina to Edmonton in 1938. She fell in love with the city, the beauty of the river valley and the parkland. And with great pleasure, she engaged in Edmonton's early cultural development, especially of music. A mother of seven children, she was energetic and organized. She was fun-loving and often orchestrated joyful times full of music and laughter in our home. She had been a very active, visible person a leader in the community, and because of that, she was approached to run for civic office. She was 59 years old. And at that time, elections were held citywide, so campaigning meant finding support throughout the city. I do remember attending one rally when the anti-fluoride lobby group was noisy and disruptive, insulting as my mother spoke. I was shocked to see what one had to endure at times in expressing oneself against an angry audience. As a first-time candidate, her victory was somewhat a surprise and caused great excitement. At the time, there were two very flamboyant and determined women on council. Kathleen and Julia Kaniski served as two women 
along with the men. Their signature was they always dressed up and wore fashionable hats during meetings, becoming a topic of conversation. My mother was serious, outspoken, was not afraid to take a position, and was well-respected for it. Kathleen was defeated in 1966 by 35 votes, which mandated a judicial recount, and the final tally was minus 17. Not to be defeated, she ran again in 1968 and was handily elected. She continued to offer her intelligence and enthusiasm in setting policy that was to affect Edmonton's dynamic growth. She was influential and well-known in, in the city. One of her legacies was to ensure to enhance the beauty of the city and with others to hold off development in the River Valley to protect the green space we all enjoy today. She did not run again, but devoted her volunteer life to various committees and boards, such as the Royal Alec Board, the Development Appeal Board, and the Naming Committee, to name a few. She did believe that there were not enough women involved in public life, and that the optimum would be to have a 50-50 balance of men and women in making decisions and shaping the future direction. What kind of influence did my mother have on me as she led such a public life? Well, one thing was that my mother was first and foremost uh, very devoted to her family. But having my mother on council was a great uh, meant a great deal to me and to my siblings. And along with my father, who was also active in the community, she demonstrated a strong sense of satisfaction in her work. She was a positive influence in teaching us that contributing to life in the greater community was not only good for yourself, but also for the well-being of your family. She instilled in us a strong sense of responsibility to the greater good of those around us, and how we could be involved and make a contribution. She was my hero and my advisor and a great strength to me and to others around me. She was a role model for many women of my age and uh, gave us courage and confidence to face the challenges that we were would encounter in our lives. Hello everyone and happy Mother's Day. My name is Jane Hughes and Betty Hughes is my mother. Betty served on Edmonton City Council from 1974 to 1984. Betty had a magnetic personality, a great big heart, a giant human spirit, and a smile that lit up the room. People wanted to be around her. She drew them in and created community. She had an uncanny way of making people feel good about themselves, often seeing in them what they hadn't yet seen in themselves. Betty had a razor-sharp intellect and could always get to the bottom of things. She was clear, focused, and intentional in bringing people together to address issues, which she often did by inviting them into her home. She valued the public decision-making process, and she loved the political theatre, she was warm, generous, witty, and full of fun. I miss her every day. My sister Sally and I were young women when Betty was first elected to city council. We both have vivid memories of the city councillors who were part of URGE, the urban reform group of Edmonton, caucusing around mom's dining room table the day before council meetings with thick binders full of material to review. They were loud and raucous. They laughed. They argued, they debated, and then they voted as a block. What role models these radical social justice activists became for both of us as young women? Una McLean Evans, Lois Campbell, Jan Reimer, Ed Kennedy, Jerry Wright, and our mom. We had some pretty amazing opportunities to listen to and to participate in lively social policy debate. And we witnessed firsthand the passion and commitment of these leaders and the time and effort that went into creating things like Edmonton's River Valley Park system. 
How did my mother's role as a city councillor influence my life? I've benefited tremendously from my mother's political career. I remain profoundly influenced by her principled approach to participating in public decision-making. I got to know a whole other side of Betty through her political participation. She modeled for me the value of having the courage of your convictions and reminded me often that whatever you say or do, you must be able to look at yourself in the mirror in the morning. Good advice from any mum and a rare and important quality in a politician. You've been listening to Searching for Izena, brought to you by YWCA Edmonton, Parody Yeag, and several past and present Edmonton City Councillors. New episodes from our nine-part podcast are released the third Tuesday of every month until October. Please check our show notes, social media, and searchingforizena.com for more information about this project and how you can get involved. Share this with your friends and family and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep searching for Izena.